High performance culture is a journey, not a destination. I'm Ryan Becker, Director of Advisor Engagement with CI's Advisor Consulting Practice Management Team, and welcome to Consulting Insights. Today on the podcast, we're going to try our what we're calling is a mailbag episode. It, the practice management team recently presented high-performing teams unlocking the recipe for success in both English and, and French. And I was able to present the English version and Claudio Cipolla uh, presented en français. Um, and there are a lot of questions that came in. So we thought we would work through them here so that everyone had the opportunity to, to hear our responses. So as I said, joining me on the podcast today, I have Claudio Cipolla, Director of Campaigns. Uh, welcome back, Claudio. Oh, thank you again for having me, Ryan. Uh, you're, you're welcome, sir. And um, so we both had the pleasure of delivering this presentation. As I mentioned, thankfully, I got the English version, as my French would probably just have been uh, bonjour, uh, lira la depositive, or, or help read the slides. I probably butchered that in the way that I did it anyways. So that's why I didn't do it. But how did it go for you? Well, first, Ryan, does that mean you're not uh, volunteering to take on the next French presentation? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, kidding aside, honestly, it went uh, went really well. It was a good experience. We we had a high attendance rate across the country, and and some thoughtful follow up questions um, after the presentation. So I really enjoyed it. But um, I was thinking to myself, hopefully, we can we can present soon to a live audience, you know, and have more of that natural interaction. Yeah, for, for sure. And, you know, I, I think that that's one of the, the terrifying things of presenting to a screen. You don't have that anxiety of getting up on the stage that you would have live, but you have the anxiety when you like close that laptop where you're like, I have no idea to read faces or, or see how that went. But um, as you mentioned, absolutely, we had some really good attendance, some good feedback from from um, from advisors, and we've seen more requests for the presentation being coming in and filling up our calendars. So I'm going to chalk it up to a success. And since you are actually the brainchild and the one that created the the presentation deck, uh, before we get into the questions, why don't you just give everybody a brief summary of what the presentation was about, so those that weren't able to attend get a, get a sense of what we were talking about. Sure. So the thought process around this presentation is that we wanted to give advisors a way to build, scale, and run their advisory team. And we know that advisors from, you know, really across the country view our presentation. So it's not always a one-size-fits-all solution. So that's why the best practices presented here were applicable to really all size advisory teams, you know, looking to really accomplish really the same, the same end goal. So as you touched on, building that high performance culture is a journey and it's really not a destination. We use a lot of examples of successful advisory teams and how they got there, yeah. you know, and, and having said that we still get a lot of follow-up questions, which we'll dive into some soon. But the one that often comes up is that I'm great at my job, but I've never managed an advisor team before. And that's okay. I want listeners to know that you're part of the majority, you know, but the good news is, is that everyone starts one day and that's why in this presentation, we give you the structure and the tools necessary to really help you lead an advisory team. Mm. So I know, Ryan, you have a lot of questions for us today. So I'll let you, I'll let you get started for us to start tackling them. But the um, floor yeah. is yours. That's perfect. Thanks. Um, and I appreciate the, the summary and the recap around the presentation and the question that, that you dived in there too. Um, so what we did prior is we, we discussed a couple ground rules, but for everybody else, I'll, I'll let them know what, what we talked about. We, we took 
a number of the questions that have come in post the presentation. We just divided them and we're just going to go back and forth between the two of us. Um, you tell me one, I tell you one, and we go back and forth and, and answering them. So that's the, the goal. For those that did actually ask these questions in the webinars, um, you should have received your responses already. If you haven't, by all means, please reach out to ourselves and, and we can go out and, and get those questions to you and, and answers to you as well. So first question. Claudio, we're going to go with you. So one of the things that was talked about within the presentation was opportunities to systematize your business. Can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, sure. So this re refers to the processes within your team. So ensuring that you have well-documented processes um, is really critical to ensure that your team can be independent and high-performing. And this is when they're executing their daily tasks. So for example, the process around the client turnaround request, typically around a transaction, you know this, um, you know this this mindset keeps your team structure well organized and, and really permits you to have that greater transparency within the team. Um, but Ryan, here's a question for you. Okay, I'm gonna group this into two because they were both about the delegation exercise you walked through, and I'd like you just to recap and then discuss some questions that would help really determine what unnecessary tasks would be. Okay, um, so the, the delegation exercise that I walked through and described, it, it, it is about delegating different tasks. And you start with this process. You, you can just pull up a spreadsheet and you start diarizing and recording every task you do throughout the day for a set period of time. So maybe that's a week, maybe that's a month. Um, and then for each task, you also want to include how much time it took. And then once you've gone and done that, then you go back to your list. And then you're going to itemize each one of your tasks and in accordance to one of four categories that it could potentially fall into. So we've got first is I love this tasks. Second, I hate this tasks. Um, third, necessary tasks. And these ones would be ones that don't you don't necessarily love, you don't necessarily hate, but they need to be done. And then four is unnecessary tasks. And these are ones that, that really serve no purpose, which was part of the question that you asked. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's hone in on on what to do so we stop doing the unnecessary tasks we keep doing the items that you love and then you hone in on the necessary and the i hate tasks and you ask the question can any of these be delegated and if so then you begin the process of delegating them so the question as well that you asked was about expanding on the unnecessary tasks and what are these uh, these this bucket traditionally can be delegated, which is possible, but asking a couple questions, you can get a, a sense of should you even be doing these in the first place? So here's a couple questions that you can ask to try to uncover if these are, are truly unnecessary. Like one, is, is anyone reading this? Um, two, is it is it being duplicated somewhere else? Um, is it producing any value? Can I live without this? Or, or, or why did we even start doing this in the first place? And you just want to ensure that if these are client facing, which, and, and what I mean by that is if a client is receiving something that you're potentially going to take away, you want to confirm with the client that, that that's okay with them before you're doing this. Um, and that's really the, the unnecessary component of, of the delegation exercise. Love that. So Love that. thanks, it, it, Claudia, your turn. <laughs> As a junior advisor, how would you go about bringing up that there's room for improvement to a senior or a managing partner on your team? 
Okay. Okay. Tough question. Um, I would integrate the conversation into your coachings. And I think that's, that's a great opportunity to have this conversation. So when you regularly meet with your senior advisor, set goals that are realistic goals that you want to reach and give set timelines when you want to reach them. All right. Um, more than that, I'd, I'd even go further and say, give the metrics on how you can accomplish these goals, you know, what it's going to bring to the team, you know, give specific examples like, you know, sales growth. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, revisit these goals during your quarterly and annual reviews. It's a really great way to monitor progress and really ensure you're on the right path. Okay. I like that. Yeah. So back to you. How about speaking to the challenges of a hybrid work environment? Well, this is going, this is going to be the, the, the question that continues to evolve over the next couple of years, I, I bet. But um, so for, for me, I, I've got some direct experience here pre-pandemic. Um, I used to have to train some cross-site teams. I used to have to manage some teams cross-site as well. So, so this has been one that I've been working with for years. And I'm, I'm going to try to be objective because I'm pretty passionate about one side of the hybrid structure, but I digress. So um, on-site work really creates a lot of opportunities for collision. And what I mean by this is, is when you're in close proximity with people that you unintentionally can create the opportunities for things to just come up and be arrived at. So what I mean by that is you're doing some work, you got a question, you can just pop up and you can ask a colleague because they're there, or they can even hear you struggling with something like over the cubicle or over the desk in, in, your, in your office and say, hey, like, do you need some help? Also, like maybe you need to brainstorm, pull up a chair, like just come up, let's, let's talk about these things. So that's a, a big benefit for on-site components. In the remote world, though, you do need to be intentional and look to create these opportunities for collision, as I'm, I'm kind of calling them here. So you really need to be aware of being intentional around your communication, your expectations, and then your communication of the remote or the hybrid aspect of that team. So a, a couple ideas is... A, more frequent check-ins, making sure that you're aligned and having conversations with your team. You know, absolutely, you have to utilize technology. So virtual conferencing, uh, making sure that if, if it's necessary that the cameras are on so that you can see people's body language, especially in like those one-on-ones, um, phone calls as well, it, over-communication if necessary so that people really understand what, what you're talking about creating clear goals and objectives. And, and, and one of the, the often missed things about the hybrid or remote side is keeping it all business. So making sure that you create the opportunity and time to incorporate some of those personal aspects that come from the on-site aspect. Um, and the last thing that I'll talk about here is around onboarding because it, it, it is much easier in person because you're there and you can walk through somebody with this content. However, having clearly documented processes that an individual can navigate is going to make it easier, easier on-site or, or remote. So when onboarding a person, you know, that side-by-side is traditionally a great method where you sit with someone and they see what you're doing, but this can be accomplished virtually. You just need to create it. So you, you tell them what you're going to do, you share your screen, you show them what you're doing, and then you let them show your, their screen and show you what they're doing, what you just showed them. Um, another strategy that you can do when it comes to that is creating and working independently, but connected. So just leave it a team's chat on, take the cameras off, but it has an opportunity for someone to pop in and say, Hey, I got a question. Can you give me a hand? Um, so just different ways that you can try to recreate some of those, those pieces from the, the office side. And then 
recording your meetings. That's the last one I'm going to talk about here. So this is another one that, that you can do when it comes to helping your team virtually is if you're recording it, then you can provide that to some of your, your more junior members so that they can understand and learn and coach. And it's a great way for you to feedback as well, your own processes and make sure that you're living up to what you think uh, a meeting looks like. So that's in a nutshell around the remote and the hybrid side. So now let's go back to you. Any suggestions on how you would deal with different values within a team? So, mm. for example, maybe I've got a team of seven people that all have different values. Like, how do we harness all of those different perspectives and bring everyone together? Mm -hmm. So I would say it's, it's really common in a large team to have different values, both on a personal and professional level. What I would suggest is first acknowledge within the team that there are many different values, right? And, and first of all, respect them, right? That's, that's number one within a team. But you need to come to a consensus on which are best suited for your business, right? So these values that you think you're going to share with your clients, um, they need to be shared amongst the team. So you can all share what you think are fundamental and then make a short list and choose which make the most sense for the team to share with each other and the clients. And this is where you, you've got to put the business first, right? You understand we all have personal values. And, and typically, you're going to have a lot of values that, that cross over. I mean, um, in teams in this industry, we're, we're doing always what's best for the client. And, and with that mindset, we kind of evolve into having these, these shared values. So a lot of times, you're going to see that there's going to be a lot of similarities with some differences. And the differences are what, what are key to leave out because do they make, you have to ask yourself, do they make your business you know, stronger or weaker? And if they're making your business weaker, you eliminate them. But if they're making your business stronger and they're going to give your clients a, a much stronger perception of your team and your business and how united you are, well, that's, th those are the values you go with and those are the values you showcase to your clients. Hmm. That's interesting. So, you know, again, back to you, Ryan, and, and I want to ask you this question for a mature team. How would you go about introducing this kind of structure to the team, which may require, you know, a lot of changes and, and cause concerns for the existing staff? Mm, okay. Um, so, you know, change is absolutely hard for, for everyone. Um, and I think the framing of your change is really important to ensure that it's really received positively. Mm -hmm. And it, especially when you're starting out that conversation, you really want to ensure that you're clear and that you're intentional in the communication of the message that you're looking to deliver. And, and I would absolutely recommend taking time to rehearse what you're about to say. And I, I know it's awkward, you know, standing in front of the mirror and, and rehearsing that message, but it's really important, especially when it is some foundational communication pieces that you're looking to have with your team. Uh, these are not spots that you want to wing. Um, and you also want to provide the team with the ability to discuss their reservations up front. So as you're communicating this, giving them an opportunity to share their feedback, providing their feedback on the process, and, and then outlining your, the belief as to why these changes need to be implemented. So not only what's going to happen, but why is it happening? And then this hopefully helps set your business up for success in the future is that understanding of this is why 
we were doing it. And it is best to, you know, if you need to then break conversations up to one-on-ones after, and then really look to personalize some of those benefits for the members of your team, showing them how it's going to be positive for them specifically. So I agree more. Yeah. The, the why is so important, Ryan. And I think, you know, you touched on it so well, the why really empowers that team, right? Yeah. I, 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 you need to be a, like, I've, I've said it a couple of times, I think on this podcast and in trainings and presentations, you need to be a three-year-old at the time and, <laughs> and, and do the why, why, why. And if you're, you're explaining that component to individuals, it really helps it, it hit home a, a lot better. Um, okay. Your turn. Mm-hmm. So from a, a recruiting perspective, um, one of the things that was touched on in the presentation is personality tests. So um, at what level and when would you look to introduce personality tests or assessments into your process? Is that like an admin level or, or processing or, or, you know, up on junior advisor? Like, where would you do that? I would say you should integrate the personality tests at every level of the team. And mm-hmm. at the very beginning of your recruitment process. Reason why, with this, with this strategy, you can begin to focus on exactly the types of personalities you want in your team and every function of your team. You, know, you have to remember an advisory team, as we mentioned, shares the same culture, should always share the same culture, which means regardless of the role, personality is important throughout the entire team. Yeah. Right. I, 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 I'm sorry, I'm going to cut you off and jump yeah. in there and go back to the thing that I was just talking about before, which is about you know the communications to your team. If you know some of their personality styles, I can help you even further there, right? If you're more analytical, I'm going to maybe bring some facts and figures and let you digest your information. So it, it is really impactful knowing that for every member of your team. Absolutely. And that, that's when we go to, you know, what's the best fit, right? Sometimes we're looking at multiple candidates and we're saying, you know, maybe someone's more experienced, more competent, but we're looking for the best fit within the team. And we're looking at the best personality that's going to be communicating our value to our clients and working within the team. So we want to have that natural fit, right? Mm -hmm. And going back to what you said, the why, you know, you know, communicate that why to the team, why you're thinking about about bringing on this type of personality, what they're going to bring to the team, um, you know, in the short and long term. So super, super important. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, for sure. So I'm going to, I'm going to switch it back to you. And I'd like to ask you, do you think there's a secret to hiring a person that has really an attention to detail, you know, those type of skills? Well, c- considering, I think I, I, uh, gave you this question and gave me this question. I'm going to say, I'm not that a person that has an attention to detail, but, <laughs> um, so he, he, here, there really is not one question. Like there is not one question that's going to be like, oh, uh, I, I figured it out. This person has attention to detail or doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are strategies that you can use to try to uncover a detail orientation in your recruitment process um, and as you're working with it, with an individual. So one, you can be looking for errors in the resume or cover letter. Like that's a standard one, just looking at, at how much detail they put into, in, into those pieces for submission. Um, two, and, and this is one that I really like, is, is doing some semblance of a job simulation. So this is going to depend on the role as to what you do, but you could craft it as, here's a scenario, send me a follow-up email to a situation, or maybe leave me a voicemail um, that you would do in a scenario like this. Um, Or it could be filling out a form or conducting a presentation, just to name a few. So you can then get a sense of how they apply detail in some of these first steps. And you take 
careful notice of the detail work that, that they do there. Or mm-hmm. three, um, the last one that I'll, I'll cover is just interview questions to try to uncover a detail orientation. So again, I said that there's not a, a one size fits all question that's going to just dive into this, but you can get a good sense. So you could ask questions like, you know, how do you manage your workload? Or um, if, if a client was to send you a request that needed to complete it, well, how would you go about completing it? And here, what you're looking for is to see that they mentioned that they really understand what the ask is. And if they don't, that they're looking to clarify it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last question that I'll, I'll, I'll provide just as an example is if, if you had the choice to work on something that is focused on small details or focused on something that is big picture, what would you choose and why? And that can give you a sense as to do they really like the details or, or do they not and, um, and give you some insight as to, you know, if, if this is a person that has that detail orientation. Great, great stuff. All right. So back to you. And this is, this is a regular one that comes up. So <laughs> how do I know when it's time for me to grow my team? <laughs> this is the uh, magic question, you know, and um, Ryan, this one comes up. I don't know about you, but so often in my consults with advisors yeah. and um, I'll be honest, the answer I always give is before you are ready. Mm-hmm. And it's simple. It's taking a proactive approach. The last thing you want is to be overwhelmed with work, have you know unhappy clients, and play catch-up. If you integrate the best practices you've seen in this presentation, and even some from this podcast, and want to grow your advisory team, then begin your recruitment strategy right away. Mm-hmm. Now, narrow down really exactly what you're looking for, and start a short list of candidates you think today would be a good fit. Mm-hmm. Even I would even go as further as saying, make sure you have your compensation model planned out. So when you're ready to make an offer, you can hire relatively quickly. Mm-hmm. So the, the goal through, you know, through all this is really to be quick, efficient, and not to have any negative impact on your business, right? Yeah, I, I think that's huge. And I, I've hired a number of people over the course of my career um, and the time that it takes to, to do this. So what, like what you said around before you're ready, um, if, if you need to take all this time away from your business to go about this process, you might not have the the resources to dedicate to it when you absolutely needed it yesterday. So I think it is crucial the the way that you frame that around before, before you're ready for sure. Exactly. It becomes a capacity issue and you don't want to have that, right? You want to make sure that your business continues to flow and grow at the same pace. Mm -hmm. So, so I got one more, um, Let me ask you this, Ryan. I want to run my own business, but I see the value in teaming. How do I protect what I've built while leveraging the experience of others? Mm, Yeah. Okay. So this one is the the way I'd look at this one is about looking at your current situation Mm -hmm. and really being honest with yourself about understanding what's your vision, what's your values and what is your mindset. And we talked about that, that kind of um, hierarchy or, or that, that trifecta in the presentation. But if, if you have clearly defined these things, then when you're exploring your options, you can make sure that they align to one another. Um, and you can find technical competency that you need in a lot of places, but you don't want to sacrifice on some of the foundational aspects when you're bringing people into your business. And you know what? I, I think it's important to say that the team is going to look different than what you've, put, what you've built before, but that's an evolution and it's not necessarily a bad thing. 
Um, and the other aspect around teaming is especially, you know, if your goal is around succession planning or, or building in some legacy, mm-hmm. is if you're partnering with an, a younger advisor or bringing some new people into your business that are younger, that, that could potentially pick the ball up and run with it, then picking that right partnership actually preserves your legacy rather than removing it. Um, and that's because they're going to learn some of those core components, the pieces that you have that are foundational, and they're going to keep that alive in the business for the next generation and generations beyond that. So, mm-hmm. um, you know what, we work through a lot of these questions, I think, and I don't want to take too much more of our listeners or in your time, frankly, for that as well. But just as a reminder to the people that are on, um, the presentation that we delivered was called High Performing Teams unlocking the recipe for success. And it's one that I know we'll be presenting a lot going forward. I've seen it in my calendar popping up a lot more, Um, but reach out to your CI sales team. If you want to have this presentation delivered in your branch and for you or, or, or whatnot. And I think it's a great place to stop today, but before I do that, I absolutely want to give you the chance to provide any parting thoughts, Claudio, any, anything you got to share with, with the listeners today. I appreciate it, Ryan. So, you know, like you said, we're definitely going to continue presenting this across the country. So if you, you know, if you don't see one lined up in your branches, you know, as Ryan said, please reach out to book one. This is a super valuable presentation that I know will help you in your advisory teams. Um, And a parting thought I'd like to to share today on high performing teams um, is something that I'm actually going to steal from a podcast I listened to over the weekend. So um, it's from was Tony it, Robbins. I Sorry to say, was it our was it our podcast? That would have been beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to those plenty of times, but it's uh, it's a different one from Tony Robbins. And he says to truly become the best at your profession, only compete with yourself. And I find it interesting because what he's trying to say here is that consistently improve over time and focus only on what you're doing, not about the competition. Hmm. And, And guess what? He took that quote from none other than Michael Jordan himself. Hmm. (laughs) Right? You got to love a good MJ quote. I love that. I I love those parting thoughts. Um, and, and you know what? Well, I, I'm, I'm not going to get out quoted. So, yeah, you know, <laughs> considering that Jordan is a star, or like absolutely a star, here's my contribution. And it is from John Wooden. He's a former UCLA Bruins coach of their men's basketball team. But this is the quote that I'll throw in is the main ingredient of stardom is the rest of the team. And I think even Jordan might have been willing to agree to that one every every once in a while <laughs> absolutely um, but claudio thanks for joining me on the podcast today i really appreciate you uh you spending the time with us always a pleasure ryan thank you again for having me and thanks for everyone else for listening if you liked what you heard please subscribe to our channel consulting insights on your platform of choice it is where you can find ci advisor consulting's podcasts such as this one and you hear topics that highlight practice management from our side of the advisor consulting team as well as amazing tax estate and financial planning insights from the other side of ci advisor consulting the members of trep the tax retirement and estate planning team Thanks again, everyone, for listening. And please remember to tune in on the next episode when we'll be back discussing thoughts and insights for when you're working on your business rather than just in it. This podcast is provided as a general source of information and should not be considered personal, legal, accounting, tax, or investment advice, or construed as an endorsement or recommendation of any entity or security discussed. Investors should seek the advice of professionals prior to implementing any changes to their investment.
This podcast is provided as a general source of information and should not be considered personal, legal, accounting, tax, or investment advice, or construed as an endorsement or recommendation of any entity or security discussed. Investors should seek the advice of professionals prior to implementing any changes to their investment.